John chapter 18, verses 1 to 27. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the book Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed them, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of these whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door, and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one, are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers that made a charcoal had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews came together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Thanks so much, Jeff. Hi, everyone. It's such a joy to be speaking to you today. By way of introduction, why are we looking at John chapters 18 to 20 after such an excellent series in Genesis? These chapters are the climax of John's gospel. Everything that happens in chapters 1 to 17 is building up to chapters 18 to 20. John, the writer of this gospel, was one of Jesus' disciples and was an eyewitness of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so in the run-up to Easter, we thought it would be appropriate to go through these crucial events together. 
For those of us who follow Jesus, hopefully this series will strengthen our conviction that Jesus really is the Christ, the Son of God. And for those of us who are still looking into Christian things, hopefully this will give you an insight into who Jesus is and why he came into the world 2000 years ago. And so let's dive into our talk for today then. Do have a look at the handout that Joe has kindly posted in the chat. It has an outline of the talk. So our question for today is, why should we follow Jesus when there are so many other religious teachers around? What makes him stand out from the rest of the crowd? John wants us to realize that Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And so that is why we should follow him. Let's have a look at the passage to see how John makes this point. Our first heading, Jesus gives himself up to save his disciples. Jesus gives himself up to save. When Judas comes with soldiers to arrest Jesus, how does Jesus respond? Does he run away? Does he tell his disciples to fight? No, he does neither of these things. Instead, he steps forward and offers up himself to the soldiers. Let's read verses four to eight again. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. Jesus knows that his arrest will lead to his death but he still willingly gives himself up to the soldiers. Not only does he not run away, but he actually puts the question to them, whom do you seek? When they say Jesus of Nazareth, he replies without hesitation, I am. He then says the same thing again twice. There can now be no doubt that he is the man that they want. And when Peter tries to prevent Jesus's arrest by cutting off the servant's ear, Jesus tells him off and says that he must drink the father's cup of wrath. So in other words, Jesus is fully set on being arrested and put to death. And so he gives himself up to the soldiers freely and willingly. Why is Jesus so willing to be arrested? Because he wants to save his disciples. 
Listen to verse 8 again. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. Jesus is willing to be arrested so that his disciples can go free. Jesus is giving himself up to the soldiers in exchange for the release of his disciples so that they can go free. He is indeed the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. I've got a lot of respect for the volunteers of the COVID vaccine trials. I understand these volunteers were given the vaccine and then were infected with COVID to see if the vaccine actually worked. These brave people were risking their own lives to protect the lives of millions of other people. And perhaps you might know some of these volunteers. But Jesus is even braver than these COVID volunteers. He knows the only fate that awaits him at the hands of the soldiers is death. He can't rely on a robust immune system or a vaccine that has gone through many tests already to save his life. The point is this, Jesus loves his disciples so much that he lays his life down for them. And now we move on to our next heading. Jesus spotlights himself to protect his disciples. Jesus spotlights himself. To Let me read verses 19 to 24 again. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Did you notice that the high priest asked Jesus two things in verse 19? He, his disciples and his teaching. But see how Jesus responds. He says, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. Jesus only talks about his teaching. Doing. He's deliberately spotlighting himself in order to draw attention away from his disciples to protect them. How is he protecting them? Well, Jesus knows that whatever he says to Annas, he will end up being guilty and passed on to the Roman governor for crucifixion. And so Jesus is protecting his disciples from the same fate. 
do you see that everything he says in verses 20 and 21 is true and right? From John's gospel so far, we know that his teaching has always been in the open and it has always been full of truth and grace. And yet in verse 22, we see that he's struck by an officer for simply stating the truth. In verse 24, he is bound to Caiaphas, the high priest, for no good reason at all. The author's point is that the religious authorities want Jesus dead. So it doesn't matter how he answers their questions. He could have given them a hundred reasons why he was innocent, all good and true, but he still would have been bound to Caiaphas and passed on to the Roman authorities for crucifixion. And that is why Jesus shields his disciples from the high priest. He doesn't want them to be interrogated unjustly and then delivered to the Roman authorities for crucifixion as well. Jesus spotlights himself to take on all the anger and hatred of the religious authorities alone. He really is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his disciples. Many of us have become very familiar with Zoom. We were having a chat about it earlier, about Zoom and how we're finding it. And we've been using it at Covent Garden Talks now for quite a while. And you might be aware of the spotlight function. The speaker gets spotlighted when he speaks. Everyone else then goes into the background. And Jesus is spotlighting himself here as he is questioned by Annas. He is drawing attention to his own teaching so that his disciples can stay in the background and be protected from an unjust trial and illegal imprisonment and ultimately crucifixion. What a good shepherd he is. Okay, so we've looked at Jesus spotlighting, uh, spotlighting his disciples, uh, spotlighting himself to protect his disciples. And now we're gonna go back to verses 15 to 18 and 25 to 27. Why does Jesus, sorry, why does John include these two episodes that show Peter's repeated denials of Jesus? Back in chapter 13, Peter had promised to lay his life down for Jesus. But Jesus had answered him, will you lay your life down for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow until you have denied me three times. So Jesus actually knew in advance that Peter would deny him three times. And in chapter 18, this is exactly what happens. Peter denies Jesus three times before the cock crows. The first time in verse 17, the second time in verse 25, and the third time in verse 27. Peter had failed miserably to keep his promise to Jesus. When the moment of decision came, he chose not to lay down his life for Jesus. Jesus was arrested and put on trial to protect Peter. But in return, Peter was unwilling to even own up to being his disciple. 
Peter must have been so devastated when the cock crowed. What a betrayal. And the author's point here is to highlight Jesus as the good shepherd. He knew in advance that his disciple Peter would deny him three times. He knew that Peter was only steps away from himself during his trial by Annas. He could easily have pointed to Peter when the high priest asked him about his disciples. He could have said, look, there's Peter, one of my disciples. He's in your courtyard. Why don't you bring him in and ask him about him himself? And yet Jesus did not do that. He chose instead to spotlight himself. He deliberately went through the unjust trial alone. Jesus chose to lay down his life for his sheep, even though his sheep had failed to lay down his life for him. He really is the good shepherd who loves his sheep so much. And let's have a think about application. For the original readers of John's gospel, this passage would have helped them to see that Jesus really is the good shepherd. He isn't a criminal who's been arrested and put on trial for crimes that he has committed. But instead, Jesus is the brave leader who willingly gave up his life to protect his followers from harm. In contrast, the religious leaders, the high priest and his cronies, are the ones who unjustly arrest Jesus, interrogate him and hit him. Despite their outward appearances, these religious leaders are false shepherds, guilty of arresting and imprisoning an innocent man. And so the original readers, many of them Jewish, should choose to follow Jesus instead of their religious leaders. It is only Jesus who has laid down his life for them. It is only Jesus who is their good shepherd. And what about for us today? As we said at the start, there are so many religious leaders out there, aren't there? But there is only one good shepherd. Today's passage shows us that only Jesus is prepared to actually lay down his life for us. He loves us so much that he was willing to be unjustly arrested and put on trial for each and every one of us. He knows all our failures, all the promises to follow him that we haven't kept, and yet he still willingly went to the cross for us. In this passage, we really do see his love for us in action. Jesus was betrayed, bound and beaten up to protect us. We can be set free because of his imprisonment. We can live because he died. And so let's be convinced that Jesus really is our good shepherd. Let's choose to follow him. Friends, if you have not yet decided to follow Jesus, please know that this is the best decision that you could make in your life. I can safely say that this has been true for me. Even though I have let Jesus down so many times, 
He has never let me down. I know he loves me because he has died for me. Who else would I want to follow? And if you want to find out more about Jesus before you choose to follow him, please come back next week. We'll be looking at the next bit of John's Gospel. For those of us who are already following Jesus, doesn't this passage make us really appreciate him? We have concrete evidence of Jesus's love for us through his sacrificial action. He really is our good shepherd who has laid down his life for us. Yes, even us, spiritual failures. Let's commit to following him every day of our lives. Why don't we end in prayer? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this passage. We thank you for showing us that Jesus really is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. Please help us to see Jesus clearly and to follow him closely. In his name we pray. Amen.